Woman, period, is a collection of stories and musings from women for women. Together, we explore the taboo, the sacred, the ancient, the scientific, all within the realms of sovereign womanhood. I'm your host, Zuri Snow. I'm a mother, a birth witness, and a protector of all things sacred. I recognize and celebrate the wise woman archetype within us all. So grab a cup of tea, take a seat in our circle, and together we'll remember what it means to be woman. friends welcome to episode three of woman period we're back with dear friend and somewhat of a co-host here it seems samantha rose today we're going to be talking all about pain the medicine of pain as a sacred teacher we'll start by diving into samantha's personal story with pain from a traumatic um death and rebirth experience, the pain emotionally and physically from her experience, as well as living with chronic pain on a daily level. We dive into physical pain as a neutral entity, a biofeedback tool, and the value that it serves for our body's intelligence. We talk about how pain serves a purpose, physically and emotionally. It's our body's way of communicating. And we talk about the difference between pain and suffering. We will dive into cultural fear and avoidance of pain and the societal repercussions of that. This is a really big conversation here. We also talk about pain as a pathway to deeper embodiment, intuition, and deeper connection. I love this conversation so much. I think it can really help reframe the way we view pain and the way that we relate with pain in a powerful way. We can apply this to birth, We can apply this to life in the simplest of ways and in the most profound of ways. So I hope that you enjoy. Please let me know what you think. I'll include my email address in the show notes, as well as the link to my website and Samantha's website. So if you have any desire to work deeper with either one of us or see what offerings we have coming up in the future, you can check that out. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoy. Let's dive right in. Okay, Samantha. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Do you want to start by telling us some of your personal story with pain? Yeah, let's get into it. I'm just going to dive right in. Dive right in. Let's do it. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. It's something that has been really calling to me to put words to um and 
it's something that I keep seeing coming up over and over again in doing this work, um, the topic of pain. And so, yeah, I just want to speak some life into my thoughts and feelings. Um, so for me, my awareness around the true nature of pain really started with my motorcycle accident. So um, I'm sure we'll get more into the details of this story at some point. But um, in 2017, I was in a really traumatic um physically traumatic motorcycle accident left me hospitalized for several weeks and confined to a wheelchair for several months um, had to learn to walk again all of that good stuff um, which I won't get into in too much detail but what I do want to bring out of that experience and why I share that at a high level is because it was the first time in my life that I really experienced severe physical pain and um, you know I underwent several surgeries and was on all kinds of pain medication the maintenance of that pain um, but when people ask me about that experience they often say like oh my god it must have been so painful or how did you deal with the pain or how did you navigate that kind of pain or did you pass out or like what happened? Because um, I don't think many people have the um, experience of ex of that kind of pain to that, to that level of severity and living to talk about it. Um, and also living now with chronic pain as a result of those injuries. Um, and when I really reflect on that time and even the pain that I live with now every day, um, it's become very clear to me that that wasn't the most painful experience of my life. If I have to really think about pain um, in my life, the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life was the ending of um, my engagement many, many years before that. And this deep, deep depression that I went into um, as a result of the end of that relationship. And that pain that I experienced um, in that time doesn't even hold a candle to the physical pain that I experienced in my body during my accident um, and that healing process after. Um, and so what I started to become curious around is like, you know, why is that? Why did my body and my psyche process those, those painful experiences um, the way that it did? And what's come, become very clear to me is that, um, you know, there, there's the biofeedback that our body gives us that we call pain. There's the physical experience of something hot or something sharp or something, you know, that's uncomfortable in our bodies or something that our body is giving us information about to, pay, to bring our attention to something, which is what I'll refer to as the biofeedback. And then there's the existential pain that is what I would more so call the su like suffering, right? It's when the physical sensations in our body become so big or so intense or so severe or, or, or are dragged out over such a long duration that we no longer register that as biofeedback, but now it becomes this like existential suffering that I think we often call pain as well. But to me, it's important 
that we distinguish between those two things um, because I think that one of those things, the biofeedback, is there to serve us. It's there to provide us with information and there it's there to, um, you know, kind of, in a way, like motivate us to move our body differently or to stop touching something hot or whatever it might be. But when that pain evolves into suffering, um, to me, that's, that's, that's the, that's the line between like when it becomes not okay, when it becomes unhealthy for us to, to live, because I don't think anyone should suffer, but I think all of us, um, will do will and do experience pain and i think that's not a bad thing like i think it's okay and i think pain has a place in our lives and a purpose in our lives um so yeah that's something that i've been really really thinking about a lot and especially as i step more and more into the birth space um and doing supporting women in the in these transitional times that oftentimes do involve a lot of intense physical sensations um it's made me think about it even deeper yeah thank you so much for sharing your story or part Mm -hmm. of it with us (laughs) yeah it's so interesting i i believe that pain as biofeedback and even even emotional pain you know to an extent absolutely serves a purpose and is an important for everyone to experience at some point in their life. And I feel that, I know that we live in a culture, especially in our country, in the society that really avoids pain and is afraid of pain, mm-hmm. emotionally and physically. Um, yeah, do you wanna talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that we as a culture have demonized pain in any form like we've we we have a pill for everything right like oh you have a headache take tylenol oh you stubbed your toe take it take an aspirin oh you are feeling um any type of physical discomfort in your body oh that's okay there's a there's a drug for that there's a there's a quick quick fix for that right um and we've gotten so as a so wrapped up as a culture in um, escaping our pain. I mean, I think that the most obvious expression of this is the fact that we do have this opioid crisis in our country, um, which I would argue as someone who has had loved ones um, who have suffered with uh, reliance on those substances and addictions to those substances, um, my observation is that oftentimes what starts as a physical sensation in your body, some type of biofeedback, oftentimes um, snowballs into, um, all of your, all of your, all of your pains, right? Whatever the source of them might be, whether that's emotional, psychological, physical, um, being, being covered up with these substances. Um, and yeah, it's just this general culture of, of, I guess what I would call escapism, Mm -hmm. you know, we're running away from anything that doesn't feel comfy in our bodies yeah. you know why is the goal to be comfortable right. all the time yeah and I think it boils down to like you were saying this avoidance and it's it's like manifests as a disconnection from our bodies and disconnection from our psyches 
And it's like when we're avoiding pain, we're also avoiding healing. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we avoid pain, we avoid the wholeness of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like the lack of rites of passage, like we were talking about on our previous episode, this is part of it too because mm-hmm. I feel that pain is an important role in rites of passage. Mm-hmm. And if we're constantly avoiding pain and avoiding discomfort – and blocking that out, we're not digging deeper to to like see like if we're talking about biofeedback to see what is that pain trying to communicate yes. to us, and that's on a physical and emotional level. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if we're if, if we're obviously if we're putting our hand close to fire and we burn ourselves, is our body telling us like, hey, don't touch that, don't touch that? But emotionally too, like I think that it's yeah, we like, have the emotional hot things. We have the yeah. emotional <laughs> hot things. Like, yeah, I think it, sure. anxiety is a big one. Like I remember. And for me in the past, like when the one time in my life where I was having big panic attacks, it was because I was living out of alignment and, and those uncomfortable, painful emotions mm-hmm. and experiences was my psyche and my soul communicating to my body and to my brain, we need to get out of this situation. Don't touch that. Yeah. Don't touch that. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It yeah. is the same and thing. And then when you don't listen, you know, I'm not listening to the fire. I'm touching it anyway. My whole body catches on fire. Yep. And that pain became suffering. Yeah. Yes. Versus yes. with the anxiety and emotions, I'm not listening. I'm continuing the, these negative patterns in my life. The the anxiety and depression is getting worse and worse, mm-hmm. and that pain becomes suffering. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That that that's exactly how it feels to me as well. Where. Um, you know the 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 goal is not to burn yourself right the goal is to listen to your body saying hey that's hot yeah right and i think a lot of times there's such there's there's a polarity in how we talk about pain culturally right we say either the goal is to feel nothing at all because feelings allow for the potential of pain mm-hmm. if we allow for the positive feelings we have to make space for the negative feelings mm-hmm. and so the the there's to me there's two ways right now that i really see that stand out how we navigate this one being don't feel anything in your body or your psyche mm-hmm. right and then the other is feel everything mm-hmm. ah! like the hyper like macho like i'm gonna put my hand in the fire and i'm gonna hold it there and it's like well, then we're just creating suffering, and and right. that's not productive either, right? Like, and that happens emotionally too when people like the whole self sabotage mm-hmm. type of talk, like the almost addiction to the suffering, almost. Yeah. Yes, I definitely see the the addiction to the suffering, and also there's a lot there around worthiness, right? Well, I must deserve to feel this pain. Mm-hmm. I must deserve to suffer, so I'm gonna keep doing the things that hurt me. Yeah. Um, because I, I must deserve to suffer for what, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Right. I love what you said before we started recording about pain being neutral. It's not good or bad, Mm -hmm. That pain is neutral. And then the messages we receive from that pain Mm -hmm. can be good or bad, depending on the circumstances and Mm -hmm. oftentimes are good if we're willing to listen. Yeah. I had a, I had a mentor once share um, a, a teacher of mine once shared the notion that um, when it comes to our bodies, our, our physical heal, healing process, the part where we're experiencing the pain is actually the healing part. 
Mm. Right? Um, I think a really good example of this is like when you're sick, like with a cold or something, right? A lot of times we have this mindset around uh, fevers, for example. Oh, you don't want to have a fever. If you have a fever, take Tylenol. You want to make that fever go away. No. The fever is what's healing me. Mm. The fever is what's heating my body up to the point that it's killing whatever it is that's making me not feel well. And it's my body's biofeedback that, oh, I'm going to get really hot to make Mm. this body inhospitable to what's trying to cultivate here um, so that I can be well. That discomfort serves a purpose. Yeah, it's showing me that my body is working. It's biofeedback of healing, of health. Yeah, I really love that perspective, like thinking about like sore muscles, mm. you know, or like a sore ankle, if it's in the healing process after rolling an ankle, it's like, you know, rather than even thinking of it as pain that we need to block or avoid, we can realize that it's like the sensations of extra blood flow mm-hmm. and like muscles mending themselves. And or continuous biofeedback of, hey, take it easy on me. Yeah. I was recently injured. That too. If, if you're taking pain medication and you're you're overriding that biofeedback, you're gonna you're going to be harder on that part of your body mm-hmm. than you probably should be to be optimizing healing. And that's because you you're numbed out to it. You can't listen to your ankle saying, "Hey, take it easy on me. That hurts a little." Like you know, like. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, I think about it too, like, you know, with menstruation even. Mm. Um, women, you know, a healthy woman who has a healthy, healthy cycle is going to experience changes around her, around her bleed. Like, mm. it's normal to, and I want to be careful with how I say this, but it's normal to have some, like, light cramping, mm-hmm. to have a little bit of discomfort, to have, like, loose stool, to have, like, you know, not the most pleasant things yeah. per se, um, and there's there's definitely degrees of this, and so I do want to add the caveat of like, you should never be in, you should never be suffering through your menstrual cycle, through your menstrual phase. That that to me is not is the not okay. Like right. that's when pain becomes suffering. Um, no woman should have to live with that. And and I and I, I if you know me, you know how I feel about the fact that we're putting women on birth control just to bypass that that phase of our of our of our cycle. Um, to numb out, essentially. Right. But there's a distinction between the biofeedback of, oh, this is the sensation of my uterus literally, like, vibrating to shut mm-hmm. out its inner lining versus, like, something deeper. And What's into the message? Something's going on. But there's, yeah, the message there. Yeah. And even the deeper pain is a message, mm-hmm. has a value of something's mm-hmm. going on. I know for me, like, I'm very blessed that right now my menstrual, after many years of it not being great my menstrual cycle is pretty good right now and I noticed that if I'm not listening to my body and I'm up moving around a lot on day one of my bleed yes I get really intense cramping but if I just lay down and relax and chill yes it goes away so it's my body communicating to me rest take it easy and that's probably the most profound thing that I've taken away from really stepping into cyclical living in this way is that it's shown me with such obvious clear signs all of my answers to what I need mentally spiritually physically 
all of those things live in my body. Yeah. They don't come from an out, anything outside. They don't yeah. come from somebody posting on Instagram about take these supplements, don't do this, do that, don't eat this, eat that. That's not it. Right. And it's from listening it to your comes body. from listening to your body. And if you're constantly avoiding pain and cutting off your pain receptors, then how are you going to know how to listen to your body? It's you're just you're not only avoiding pain, you're also and of course there's always like there's a time and a place for helping symptoms, you know, but sure, generally yeah. speaking, if you're constantly avoiding pain, any and avoiding any discomfort, you're disconnecting yourself from your body wisdom. Mm-hmm. And your emotional Exactly. Wisdom. And in your deeper knowing and your intuition ultimately, right? Like yeah. the more you dis, dis become disembodied, the less access you have to your internal knowing, your internal compass, your soul's like desires and path. Like it, it's it's wild to me how much became available to me when I started listening to my body. Yeah. And that's why I always refer to my accident as like the catalyst and the most profound um experience that I've had so far in my life and while it was extremely painful and tragic and traumatic like I would not say that I suffered Mm. and and if anything I was able I'm able to take that and alchemize that body that intense body body feedback that intense intense sensations in my body and I took those and I alchemized those into now what how I know how to listen mm. to my body because now I know what 10 feels like yeah so I know when I'm at a 10 mm-hmm. and now I know now not only do I have this frame of reference for what 10 feels like but now it's very easy for me to reference that 10 and say oh no I'm at a two yeah or no I'm at a four and I hate using like a traditional pain scale but it's easier in the context of, of like trying to get a point yeah. across of like I know my limits yeah I now know with very like clear certainty what my physical limitations are in this body and I have so much more respect and reverence for those messages mm-hmm. of like hey take it easy I shared with you in the car on the way here today I was like Oh yeah, I've been getting like an extra two hours of sleep every morning. My body is just asking for that, and I'm allowing, and mm-hmm. I'm res- respecting that request. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm saying, okay, yeah, you can have those extra hour or two. And I know now that if I were to deprive myself from that, from having like tested this theory, right? What happens if I say no to my yeah. body, right? Yeah. Okay. Sure, you can say no today, but tomorrow you're going to need another. Now you're going to need more. Mm-hmm. And if you say no again, then you're going to need more. And then guess what's going to happen? If you keep saying no, you're going to get really sick mm-hmm. and you're not going to be able to do anything and you're going to be lethargic and you're going to be completely like incapacitated. <laughs> yeah, this is really interesting. I think about chronic pain and how much it seems like an epidemic. Like I feel like... Mm-hmm everybody and their mother has chronic pain these days and it's really interesting because I'm piecing this together now like pain as a teacher and um, pain Mm -hmm. as like it's you know an entity it's almost like we've been avoiding pain as a society and a culture for so long and therefore disconnecting ourselves from full embodiment disconnecting ourselves from our intuition Mm -hmm. that it's almost like the pain is speaking louder and louder and coming in as a stronger 100%. teacher 
like so many people are experiencing chronic pain and I, I you know a lot of people are choosing it's like there's two routes you can choose you can choose kind of like the victim mentality of like choosing to suffer in that pain mm -hmm. or you can choose to allow that pain to connect you deeper to your intuition and deeper into embodiment mm -hmm. and learn from the medicine that that pain mm -hmm. has to teach you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as someone who um, pathologically lives with chronic pain, like according to my providers, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, according to the, the traditional medical model, I live with chronic pain. I have permanent vascular damage that causes severe swelling if it's not managed mm -hmm. um, and it's not comfy <laughs> doesn't feel good but it's it's beautiful to me the two things that I've taken away from somebody who now lives with quote unquote chronic pain is that I have a very clear knowing that I control how I experience that pain in my body mm. I have a conscious choice that I can make and that's not to say that the answer to everyone's chronic pain is to just go tell them to make a different choice because that's not that's not that's not effective that's right. not helpful you're right. not helping anybody with saying well on this podcast I heard that your pain is a choice right okay great <laughs> like yeah but it is a choice right and it is a choice of how I choose to experience that pain do I want to allow it to be something that, you know, maybe if I'm wanting to use it as like an excuse for why I'm not working out or use it for as an excuse for why I just want to lay around all day. But also remembering that um, I can do that if I want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I also can't. Yeah. I have the choice of if I want to do that or not. And sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I do. And, and sometimes I my body actually Asks. needs it yeah. and my body is saying hey girl yeah you went a little too hard yesterday today can we take it a little easy yeah and there's the distinction there between like you said making excuses and being in victimhood mm -hmm. or being attuned to your body intelligence mm -hmm. and taking it easy because that's what your body's asking mm -hmm. for and what's this keeps coming back for me to me is like radical accountability radical personal responsibility for our health for our pain um, no one is going to take your pain from you and no one is going to witness your pain if you cannot first acknowledge it as yours to be witnessed like by yourself mm -hmm. right um, and I think you know because I definitely went through a phase where I was like Oh, look at me. I'm hurt. You know, like everyone, you know, you know, when you're on crutches and everyone like does stuff for you because it's like, and you're yeah. like, and, that, and, and, and I want to say too, like I act, I absolutely appreciated that and I needed that part of me, my soul needed to be babied for a minute yeah, and that's minute. okay, <laughs> but not forever. Right. I could have very easily. So for the last year of my recovery, when I was finally walking again, but um, I was relying on a cane. And there came a time when I would start leaving my cane places. I would walk away from it. But I kept it with me, even though I knew I didn't need it anymore because I kept leaving it places. But I wanted people to know I was injured. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have it as my totem. 
of like, look at me, I'm hurt. Like, um, yeah. give me special treatment. Um, or, yeah. you know, don't make dirty looks at me when I park in the handicapped spot because look, I have a cane, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, but again, the reckoning that I've had by through my pain has been so healing because it now allows me to, number one, hear very clearly the messages my body is sending to me. And it's been so empowering because I know now if I can live through that and and like be happy and not live every day suffering mm-hmm. after that, which many, many people, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not saying I'm special, but I know a lot of people who have had similar experiences and now are, you know, permanently on disability and um, you know, don't want to work and don't want to play and don't want to move their bodies and want to kind of stay confined and be sedentary. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. It is a heavy, heavy boulder to roll back up that hill. But let me tell you, when you can take something that traumatic and painful and instead of turning it into suffering, transmute it into like proof of your power, you're on. Stoppable. Full body chills. Yeah. Yeah. It's epic. It's life changing. And I and I and I and I am sure that at some point on this podcast we'll both tell the stories of how we got into birth work. But to me, this was so clearly my path into birth work. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, most women who enter into the birth work space come here as a result of their own like traumatic birth experiences and wanting to to make a difference and show up for women in ways that they weren't showing up for. And for me, my accident was my birth portal. I may not have had gave birth to a child yet in my life, but I have gone through the reckoning in my body. Well, it's like you walked through a rite of passage that was a portal of death and pain Mm -hmm. and rebirth, you know? Which is what birth is. Exactly. Birth is the reckoning Birth is a reckoning. Like birth is the reckoning of you're you're touching death, you're touching new life, you're touching pain, you're touching yeah. the edges of everything that it is that it is that is you. Yeah. So, yeah. So I mean, this brings us into like the topic of birth and pain in birth, mm-hmm. and birth as a rite of passage, mm-hmm. and our culture, our cultural makeup of birth is to completely avoid the pain. At which point we're also avoiding the rite of passage and avoiding the transformation if we're avoiding the pain. Mm-hmm. And like I remember, I mean, me, my entrance into birth work was giving birth to my son, unassisted, and a really valuable. Like I did a lot of time exploring pain and what does pain even mean in the context of birth, mm-hmm. in preparing for that birth. Mm-hmm. And I allowed myself to recognize the biofeedback of the physical sensations I was feeling in my body mm-hmm. during my labor with him as my cervix opening, mm. as, you know, my uterus contracting and like feeling the sensations and not thinking like, oh, this is pain, I'm suffering, but choosing uh-huh. to, to recognize the biofeedback messages leaning into them and working with them and like thanking the sensations for opening my body like thank you like oh this is yes uncomfortable 
but it's not painful. It's my body doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. And I'm leaning into it and allowing it to happen. And then my birth was with him was less than three hours of labor, super simple, straightforward, no tearing. And I believe it's because I had zero resistance. Yeah. I think it's really profound what you mentioned about translating the message from your body, whether it was a contraction or whether it was dilation or him moving through your pelvis or whatever it was, you were taking that as as like a conversation you're having with your body, mm-hmm. right? That's how I kind of heard you share. Like, and I think what I often, what I often witness um, in our kind of current paradigm around birth is that the objective, again, this is so deeply embedded in our culture, is to dissociate, to escape. Mm-hmm. And that's not just through a, C- a C-section or through uh, an epidural, which right. are like the medical ways to escape birth pain, but even things like, um, you know, maybe the illusions we have around, um, like, I-, I love doulas, but the hip compressions and the yeah. things like that, yeah. Hypnobirthing. Or, or, yeah, hypnobirthing. Like, right. <laughs> it's literally like, I mean, from my perspective, hypnobirthing is let's do these techniques to hypnotize us to dissociate, dissociate. to dissociate from our body. Mm-hmm. I know people love it, but I'm like, let's 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 get more embodied. Yeah. We don't need any. We don't need to get less embodied in our. World. And again, <laughs> I think it's important to come back to yes. I think it's important to come back to pain versus suffering. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm all for, if my mama has been in labor for days and days, like, I'm talking active, intense labor for days and days and days, and she's having a hard time keeping food down, and she's having a hard time staying nourished, and she can't get any rest, and she's just tapped, absolutely do what you need. No one right. is asking you to suffer. To suffer, right. If, if you've gotten to that point, to the very edge of your physical, like, capacity, and you make the conscious choice to give yourself some relief, right. however that might be, whether that is through mindfulness or whether that is through, uh, you know, um, medications, yeah. um, like, do that. I will never yeah. say don't. But what I would invite women to just get a little curious about is where's my edge? Am I there? Am I avoiding this this intense transformational um, experience? Um, or am I relieving some suffering? Mm-hmm. Right? And only that's a deeply personal question. Mm-hmm. No one can know the answer to that question but you. And there's no shame in saying like I'm at my limit. Yeah. And I think it's a lot to even go to that place when you're when you're in that space. That's a hard that's a hard question to ask and it's hard to have the clarity. So I would also suggest like start getting really curious mm-hmm. about like conversations like this. Like get curious in your body, what's the difference between pain and suffering? Can I handle pain? Yes. What is the purpose of pain? Mm-hmm. You know, like is how this, can I, how, how, like, do, do I, am I the type of person that tends to avoid pain mm-hmm. or do I know how to lean into pain and mm-hmm. how will that show up in my birth? You know? Absolutely. 
I, I want to st- tell a quick story that kind of goes along the lines of what you were sharing about the biofeedback in your birth experience. Um, I have a mama that I'm working with right now. She's a first-time mom. This will be her first birth. And she texted me the other day, and she was sharing about how she has this, like, really random, out of nowhere, jaw pain. Mm. Discomfort in her jaw that's keeping her awake at night. And she's now she's having anxiety around it because she's like, well, now I'm not able to sleep as good. And am I going to be rested enough to, to navigate birth? And mm-hmm. what about this? And what about that? And I get it, right? Like, sleep is so important in that those days leading up to birth. Like, it's mm-hmm. probably the most important thing is getting as much rest as you can possibly get. And so she's having these fears. And she sent me a text message this morning that was so beautiful and profound. And um, I want to share it. There's nothing personal in here, so it's okay. Um, She said, anytime this pain creeps up, which is way more easeful than it was yesterday, I've decided I'm going to see if I can lean into the pain and ride it, almost like a contraction, as my pre-work to my labor. Yes, (laughs) that is the attitude. I'm reminding myself that this pain can't be more than me because the pain is in me and I can move anything through me powerful I'm like yes and that is what I my prayer that any woman approaching their birthing time um can have a knowing around that pain is in your body Mm -hmm. and so that inherently you have full control over it yeah and so because pain is your it's yours it's it's inhabited within you you can decide how you want to navigate it yeah, and you what can, your relationship you can, with you it can is. decide like you know whether or not to resist or get fearful around your pain or to get curious and playful and have a conversation with mm-hmm. your body mm-hmm. have a conversation with the pain like jaw pain I think of all the meta- metaphysical right. connections too I'm like oh like is there an area where you're holding back on speaking your truth mm-hmm. or are you grinding your teeth from rage or right. anger you know right. like what is you're hol- holding, holding something, something back mm-hmm. right perhaps who knows only she or it does. could only just be does. that her face hurts and, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay too and also still regardless of the source of the pain whether the source of the pain is inherently psychological or inherently spiritual or her- inherently physiological it all moves the same way. Yeah, it's all connected, and there's always a message. Mm-hmm. The pain is always trying mm-hmm. to tell us something. Yeah. I, I love the idea of ha- having a literal dialogue with yourself yeah. as if you're talking to your body. Like, oh, hey, ankle, I feel you. What's going on? Yeah. Like, we're just a little spicy today. Like, What are you trying to tell yeah, me? Yeah, what's the information here? Hey, tummy. Mm-hmm. You've been talkative today. Mm -hmm. What's going on there? Am I anxious about something that's making my stomach hurt? Am I angry about something that's making my stomach hurt? Am I, uh, did I eat something that didn't agree with me? Oh, what was that thing that I ate? Okay, now I have information, right, Mm -hmm. to go forward with. And I think it's really cool now that we're kind of teetering on this concept of like the emotion of our emotions. Is Is pain an emotion? Like, could pain be an emotion, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking animism, we're kind of giving pain its own personification yeah. here, which feels good to me. Yeah, you know, it's like honoring. 
pain as a part of us uh-huh. rather than as something separate right. than us. Like our emotions. Like right? our emotions. Like, it's all a part of us. The pain is a part of us. It deserves a seat at the table mm-hmm. just like our emotions and our mm-hmm. psyche and mm-hmm. our mental mm-hmm. like and our ego. Like, Let's all sit down at the table. Pain, you're invited. Let's have a conversation. What do you need what to say? What are you trying to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? It's so cool. If we can reframe <laughs> that... It just changes everything. Yeah, and it's and it's and this and and again, I just I love this topic so much, and I could probably do like a whole series on just this topic because it lights me up so much to think about the power that we have by taking back our pain and reform, like reframing pain. Yeah. Um, I think about it as this ripple in the water, you know, because once you once you master the pain this concept of pain once you've shifted the paradigm around pain you're you're literally unstoppable because you're you, because what comes with pain fear the idea of safety right these are all topics that i, I would love to dig in in onto another time mm-hmm. but the con the c- connection between because i see this as how the medical model really gets to us and gets in our heads um and has so much power over us because they're they are they are feeding off of our fear of yeah. pain. Yeah. Right? They're feeding off of our fear of being unsafe. And those three things, fear, pain, and safety, to me are they're they're so enmeshed. And if you can start to untangle the thread of, of one of those, pain I think is the most accessible because I think it lives in our bodies. Mm. If you can untangle pain everything else falls apart mm-hmm. and you you have nothing else to fear mm-hmm. because you know that you can handle any pain that comes at you yeah. you know that you you know what safe feels like in your body because you know your limitations based on the biofeedback of your yeah. pain because, right because you're embodied mm-hmm. because you know because you're able to communicate mm-hmm. what uncomfortable feelings and where they're coming from and it is like it is so interconnected it's like we know that emotions and trauma store in our body and manifest as physical pain too so if we can really start to get curious with this dialogue it's not only getting embodied in our physical state but it's also inherently unraveling these other areas of our emotional psychological Mm -hmm. space as well Mm. juicy so juicy so juicy I think before we close, the one thing I do want to make sure we ta- talk about is pleasure. Yes. Because you can't talk say, about pain if you haven't talked about pleasure. Yeah. Something you said before we started recording is that pain and pleasure are polarities on the same line. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. I, I, I think about most things very visually. And so when I think about pain, I think everything in life has its polar, right? It, it, because life is about balance. Um, and so as extreme as we can take the sensation of pain, that is to the extreme with which we can experience pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that at the individual level, um, the, the, the length, the, the intensity with which you're willing to experience pain is inherently the intensity with which you're willing to experience pleasure. Yeah. So I get curious with, with myself and with people that that I talk with about if you're limiting yourself from going 
past a two on the pain scale, let's say, mm-hmm. then you can only ever experience a two on the pleasure scale. Mm. Right? In my mind, that's how it works. Yeah. You know, that's how it feels to me. Well, I mean, I have two stories that come to mind that speak to the truth of that within my own lived experience. One was being on antidepressants as a child for a long time and feeling like emotionally numb. Mm -hmm. And then when I was able to, and this isn't dogging on antidepressants or people's, this is just my personal experience. Mm -hmm. I was totally emotionally numb. You know, my depression was under control, but I also wasn't in a state of joy Mm -hmm. often at all, really. Mm -hmm. So when I was able to get off of those medications as a teenager and young adult, I noticed that I was starting to feel like gratitude and joy in a way that I had never felt in my life. Like now I cry of joy and gratitude and bliss. Like I'll just get this wave of like, oh my gosh, it's amazing to be alive and I'm so fucking grateful and I'll just bawl my eyes out of Mm. gratitude, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like I've been been to a 10 on the emotional pain scale Mm -hmm. through my journeys with depression and Mm -hmm. anxiety and I've been to a 10 on the gratitude, pleasure, bliss, Mm -hmm. joy scale Mm -hmm. emotionally. And then physically, after my son, so I shared about learning how to really surrender to pain that experience helped me learn how to really surrender to pleasure physically in my body. Mm. My sex life after giving birth to my son and really learning in my body what it means to lean in to physical sensation, mm-hmm. surrender to biofeedback, and then that inherently like a, being applied to my sex life, mm-hmm. I have now experienced the most pleasurable intense orgasms that I never fathomed it's like you know like when can we surrender and lean in and welcome pain into our body as as medicine Mm -hmm. then we can learn how to do the same with physical pleasure as well absolutely it's this yeah it's the same it's the same sensation it's just how the context we put around it right like I I think that is so beautiful and I agree that's been my lived experience too the deeper I've the deeper I've gone into inspecting my pain and listening to the feedback from my body around pain, the more I've been able to listen to the feedback from my body around what feels good yeah. um, and what, what is pleasurable in my body, yeah. um, for sure. So valuable. And again, it's all embodiment. If mm-hmm. we're cutting ourselves off from pain and discomfort, if we're avoiding pain and discomfort, yeah. we are inherently cutting ourselves off mm-hmm. from pleasure and joy as well. Mm-hmm. We're living a disembodied, numb reality. Numbed out, just numb. And that's what I see around me all the time. It's just a, a lot of people just living n- numb. Yeah. And it and disconnected. It breaks my heart because I was one of them for a long time. For 27 years of my life, I lived that way whatever I could do to numb out and escape. Um, But when I decided that I wanted to take radical accountability for my life and for my body and for my happiness, for lack of a better word, um, it it all started to open up to me Mm. uh, and become accessible um, through 
Pain. Through pain. Through pain. This beautiful, misunderstood. I know. Gets a bad rap. Gets such a bad rap. <laughs> and yeah, like how empowering that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to know that pain can be like the path to our liberation. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. How fucking powerful to like rewrite that story. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's unfuckable. Like, in essence. Unfuckable with. Unfuckable with. I love yeah. when you say unfuckable with. That's one of my favorite Zuri sayings. Oh my gosh, I got with. it from someone. I got it from someone else. I'll have to remember. Maybe I'll remember and tag them in the Unfuck show withable or unfuckable with? Maybe I made it unfuckable <laughs> with. Maybe I heard the first. Perfect. I'm like, there's a book or something, but I gave it my own spin, So I guys, if you take nothing else away from this conversation... Just be unfuckable with. <laughs> that feels like a high note to end it on. I think so too. <laughs>